أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله we've reached this Mubarak 24th night of Ramadan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept what's past and forgive us for what we missed and increase our tawfiq and our himma and our courage to do more in what's remaining Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give shifa to those who are ill and forgiveness to those who have passed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give hidayah to those who are still seeking and give <coughs> life to those hearts that are dead in these Mubarak nights Amin. so we continue uh, reading from Mawana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi's Saviors of the Islamic Spirit, uh, the chapter on Mawana Jalaluddin Rumi. Uh, so we talked about Sheikh Salahuddin, who was the person who Mawana chose as the focus of his uh, of his love in order to keep being able to generate uh, uh, the inspiration that he needed to in order to um, live the life of the heart that he missed. Uh, due to the absence of Shams Shams Tabriz his, his previous Shaykh and then after Shaykh Salahuddin's passing uh, uh, then he uh, turned his focus toward Chalabi Husamuddin uh, you can look for if you go to Konya Sharif to the Yashil Turba uh, to the, 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 the blue dome uh, uh, where Mulana's Khanqa in Mazar is you'll see Chalabi Husamuddin's grave right next to his uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them for their work they did on behalf of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and exalt their ranks. Mulana writes on the composition of the Masnawi that the Masnawi was composed by Rumi during this period at the insistence of Chalabi Husamuddin. The fact is that Rumi was endowed with a love so fervent and rapturous that he could not do without a close companion and confidant with whom he could share the mysteries of the esoteric truth experienced by him. First he selected Shamsi Tabriz, whose place was taken by Salahuddin, then Husamuddin, uh, one after the other. Sayyid Burhanuddin was also elevated uh, to his circle of uh, selected associates, although in a very different capacity, for a short while. The period uh, uh, of five years between the death of Sayyid Burhanuddin and the arrival uh, of Shams Tabriz was spent by Rumi in such a way as if he felt some deficiency in his life. It is obvious that the latent capabilities with which Rumi had been endowed required a stimulant for their expression. The Masnavi itself uh, is a proof of Rumi's yearning for love if one is required for it would not have come into existence without the spiritual fervor aroused by Rumi's favorite associates. There had been a gap of two years in the compilation of the Masnavi when Rumi suspended its composition on account of Samuddin's grief at the death of his wife. Perfection in the path of Sufism or spiritual illumination was not the reason for uh, the selection of confidants by Rumi. He was often said that love is born out of affinity, once in reply to a question, he told his son, Sultan Walad, that he cultivated friendship with his associates because of affinity, for the affection born out of it never leaves one to remorse. 
True affinity or love, explained Rumi, would never cause repentance either in this world or the hereafter. This is very important to note because there are many people who fall in love with people that are not good for them and uh, they uh, end up repenting from their love uh, very much in this world. And uh, uh, my advice is just don't do it. Uh, unfortunately, not everybody is fortunate enough to I guess be able to see that when they do, but uh, if you already learned the lesson the hard way, don't learn it the hard way again. And if someone else next to you already learned it the hard way, fortunate is the one who learns a lesson from other people's afflictions and misfortunes. True affinity or love, explained Rumi, would never cause repentance either in this world or the hereafter. Those who cultivate friendship for selfish ends would in the hereafter languish with a longing described thus in the Quran. Alas for me, I would die that I had never taken such a person for a friend. <clears throat> On the other hand, those who are sincere and fear God shall retain their friendship. Allah Ta'ala says in his book, friends on that day will be uh, foes of one another, save those uh, who uh, 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 kept their duty to Allah. Rumi uh, expressed the same view in a verse which, in which he says, never from miracles a faith sprout. Yet qualities alike, uh, affinity unites. The death of uh, Molana. Sipa Salar relates that Konya was continuously rocked by earthquakes for 40 days before the death of Rumi. Aflaki, however, says while Rumi still lay in sickness, there were severe earthquakes for seven days and nights until everyone in Konya was greatly alarmed. When the people went to Rumi to beseech his help, he calmly remarked, Poor earth, it is starving, and it wants a fat morsel. It shall soon have one and then it won't bother you. During his last illness, he indicted, uh, in, uh, he in, indicted an ode which has the following open lines. Despite your kindness and affection, my heart craves uh, for anger from you. Like a glass fragile, break uh, my heart by saying, you cannot see me. Uh, he says what he makes these he says these lights despite your kindness and affection my heart craves for anger from you like a glass fragile break my heart by saying you cannot see me Chalabi Husamuddin says that Sheikh Sadruddin along with a few other mendicants paid a visit to Rumi during his last illness during the course of their conversation he says may God grant you speedy recovery no replied Rumi there is only a hair's breadth distance between a lover and the beloved. Won't you like that this distance should also vanish? And that the finite spirit may unite with the infinite one. Abna, do you understand the, the meaning of his, the metaphor in his verse uh, of being the glass that wants to be broken? He said, when there's a hair breath's distance between the lover and the beloved, won't you like that this distance should also vanish? And the finite spirit may unite with the infinite one. Rumi dictated the following ode in his illness to Chalabi Osamuddin. Go, head on pillow lay, alone in peace, leave me. Love tyrant, plague by night, while all around you grieve. That peerless beauty that has... No need, kind care to show, but sallow lovers, you sh you must patient faith still know. Perplexity is ours to bear. Tis his own uh, hard heart, 
Shed he our blood, what sin? He'll not pay a murderer smart. To die is hard, after all, but remedy there is none. How then to crave a remedy? The evil is done. Last night in dream, a warder from my love's abode made sign to me and said this way, Hold you my load. Rumi died at the age of 68 years and three months at the close of the day on the 5th of Jamad al-Ukhra. Uh, when his body was brought forth, a great multitude swarmed the place, all of whom smote their uh, chests and raised loud lamentations. Jews and Christians came reading their own scriptures. Muslims strove to drive them away, but they would not be repelled. It was feared at length that a tumult would break out. The intelligence was conveyed to Parwana, who asked the rabbis and bishops why they mixed themselves up with the funeral of the Muslim saint. Uh, Muinuddin Parwana was the, the, governor of the, the, the governor of Konya, Seljuk governor of Konya. The intelligence was conveyed to Parwana, who asked the rabbis and bishops why they mixed themselves with the funeral of a Muslim saint. They replied that they had found in him all the signs and virtues of the prophets described in their scriptures and have learned the ways of the ages and saints of yore than they had uh, ever known before. They were all ultimately allowed to accompany the funeral. The number of people who flocked to join the funeral procession was so great that the beer taken out early in the morning uh, could reach the burial place by sunset. Uh, and thus, with all honors, the luminous sage was laid to rest in his grave. The character of Rumi. Shibli Nomani writes in his uh, biography, in his Sawane Hayat of uh, Maulana Jalaluddin Rumi, so long as Molana had not taken to the path of mysticism, he led the life of an eminent scholar and a doctor of faith. Whenever he went out riding on his mule, a large number of students, theologians, and even grandees accompanied him on foot. The kings and chief of state received him with the highest honor, but no sooner did he adopt a mystic way of life that his life was completely transformed. He continued to teach and give juristic opinions. He still kept giving fatwa but these vocations appeared only to be reminiscent of his past life. He always seemed to be enchanted with a rapturous love and transport and trances of a sublimated soul. What is sublimation for those chemistry geeks? Because sublimation is when uh, uh, a solid goes straight to the gaseous phase. No, no liquid in the middle. He's always enchanted with a rapturous love and transports and trances of a sublimated soul. Prayers and penance. Rumi was extremely fond of prayers and penance. Sipa Salar, uh, who uh, dwelt with him for many years, relates that he never saw Rumi in a nightgown, in sleeping clothes. He never had a pillow or bedding, nor did he ever lie down for taking rest. Whenever he felt drowsy, he took a nap wherever he might be sitting. He says in a verse, shrouded in a quilt studded with thorn. How can he sleep for pricked uh, is always loved lorn? Meaning the person in love always is pricked, is never uh, in comfort. Whenever he found that his disciples were heavy with sleep during the musical services, he would rest his head between his knees pretending to have fallen asleep. But after everyone had dropped into slumber, he would get up and occupy himself with uh, zikr and recitation. He has alluded to it in one of his odes in which he says, Everyone slept, but not I, for the heart smite my control outright. My eyes grew accustomed to count the stars night after night. Sleep has gone out of my eyes never to return. 
it has taken the poison of your separation and taken to flight. The Prayers of Molana. No sooner had the time for an obligatory prayer arrived than Rumi was a completely changed man. He would immediately turn toward the Kaaba, his face turning pale, and he would soon be lost in the prayers. Sipa Salar relates that it was not unoften that Rumi spent the whole night in two rak'ahs of prayer. He described in an ode his own condition during the prayers. He says, After sunset prayer, one lights the lamp or the meal he takes. But I am left with sighs and moans for my departed mates. With tears I perform ablution. My prayer is filled with fire. A call to prayer thus given sets the door of the mosque ablaze. How very wonderful is the prayer of intoxicated ones. Say it is flawless for it transcends time and space. Perhaps I finished the second raka'ah or perhaps the fourth. I know not in fact what I read or didn't get the time at all. How should I knock the door of truth? My hands and heart are not mine. A friend like you has robbed me of the heart. Now God alone can provide shelter. I know not by God when the service ended or who led the prayer. He says, how should I knock the door of truth of the haqq? Al-haqq is one of the names of Allah Jalla wa'ala. He says, how should I knock the door of, of, of the haqq with my hands and heart, which are not mine? A friend like you has robbed me of the heart. Now Allah alone can provide shelter. I know not by Allah when the service ended or who led the prayer. Uh, and this has to do with something we talked about a couple of days ago or perhaps yesterday, the idea of fana that uh, a person, the most perfected prayer is one in which somebody doesn't bear witness to their own their own uh, even existence, much less their act and the fact that they did this, I did this and I did that, I prayed the whole night, etc, etc. Once Rumi was performing his prayers in a wintry cold night, his tears trickled down his face on the beard, turning the tears into heads of ice owing to the intense cold, but he remained engaged in his prayer without even being aware of it. This also is the description of the prayer of the companions of Allah Ta'ala Anhum. That uh, uh, from amongst them there are those who were hit with arrows uh, in the tahajjud and they didn't even realize until after they said salam that they had been uh, uh, grievously wounded. Uh, from amongst them there are those who uh, uh, in the salat, they had surgery done in the salat because they knew that they would enter into such a state they wouldn't really feel anything. So they told the doctor just come at this time. You'll be conducted in, and I, you'll be able to do your surgery. I won't feel what, what's, what's happening. Austerity and contentment. Of simple habits, austere and frugal, Rumi led a life of almost primitive simplicity. Whenever presents were received from, from kings, nobles, or other affluent people, they were passed on by him to Salahuddin or Chalabi Hussamuddin, although he often had nothing to make uh, 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 both ends meet for his own dependence. He kept a portion of such presents only on the insistence of his son, Sultan Walad, but he was very much pleased when there was absolutely no provision or subsistence in his own house. On such occasions, he used to remark that this house appeared to be uh, the abode of a mendicant, uh, of, of, of a faqir, of a darvish. 
And this is something also we mentioned uh, in the first 10 days when we were talking about the, the, the way of the Mashaykh of the Chishtiya with regards to the Sunnah that uh, I forget who it was. I believe it was Sheikh Nizamuddin Awliya. He was a he was a Sayyid of noble birth as well, but his father died when he was very little, and so he was raised by his mother alone. And they were extremely poor. And you know that the Sadat also they can cannot accept uh, the money of zakat either. And uh, so sometimes when there is nothing to eat, uh, his mother used to say that today we're going to be the the guests of Allah Taala. And uh, he said that as a child, I used to love it. He used to fear, fill me with joy to hear to hear my mother say that that we would be the guests of Allah Taala. I would love to be the guest of Allah Taala. This is so much that I wouldn't it, it wouldn't even occur to me that we're not going to eat anything today. And uh, that's the that's that's the uh, you know the, the 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 hallmark and the sign of the people who love Allah Taala that there are people who Allah gives them so much and they just keep complaining. Allah forgive us, we keep complaining about not having enough this and not having enough that. But those people who are beholden to Allah Ta'ala's gifts and who Allah Ta'ala opened that eye inside of their heart, they're so happy with what Allah Ta'ala gave them and they never present a complaint to Him. And really what Allah gave us is so, really is so much. Even those people who don't feel like they have a lot, really it is so much. Um, very few of my slaves are thankful. Generosity. Rumi was so generous that he never turned a beggar without giving him something away. Uh, more than open-handed, he gave away with both hands and never buttoned his gown or shirt so that it may be easier for him to take it off in case anyone asked him for it. Humility and tender-heartedness. Once Molana was going somewhere with his disciples, he found his way blocked by a dog sleeping in a narrow lane. He stood there waiting, but someone made the poor thing get up and clear the lane. Rumi felt so aggrieved that the poor creature was disturbed in its sleep. Which is also hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that every living thing, whatever good that you do to any living thing, it will be considered by Allah Ta'ala to be an act of sadaqah. On another occasion, he found two persons quarreling and abusing one another. Uh, uh, he requested both of them to denounce him and bury the hatchet instead of calling names to one another. Both of them fell to his feet and patched up their differences. And this is something, remember, there's a special maqam of Allah Ta'ala for somebody who stops a fight between two Muslims. There's a very special maqam of Allah Ta'ala for the person who stops the fight between two Muslims. Especially husband and wife or two brothers or parents and children, especially people, the closer they are, the more it counts. But for any two Muslims, whoever stops a fight between two Muslims, Allah Ta'ala is a very special maqam for him. It was one of the, th- the, the lines from the Hujjatullah of Shawliullah rahimullah ta'ala that I remember. As he says that the tawajjuhat of the Mala'ul A'la, the highest angels in Jannah, the barakat and the rahmat Allah Ta'ala sends down through them. They are especially focused on two groups of people. One is the person man nafsahu anil alwath al the person who strives in order to purify his own nafs from the pollution of, of animal-like behavior that denies himself his desires and food and drink and carnal desires and wealth and 
fame and popularity and power and these types of things and tries to make himself clean from all of these things and which is a very difficult path to go down it's an extremely difficult path to go down anyone who says it's not difficult it's a surefire sign that they have no idea what they're talking about completely don't know their left from their right and the other the other group of people is mansafi islah nas the person who uh, uh, strives in order to rectify the people and part of rectifying people's rectifying between them otherwise if this ummah was not broken into a thousand pieces each one of them quarreling with the other uh, there would be no room for communists and for capitalists and for <coughs> this throne and for that empire and for all of these other goons that have made the earth polluted and the water polluted and the air polluted and stolen from the poor and ran their schemes uh, at the cost of great suffering so that they can live a bloated life. Uh, rather, this ummah, if it was together in the days that it was together, was the one that Muslim and non-Muslim both alike could look to for justice and for some sort of sanity. Uh, so there's a great there's a great virtue in in ending the quarrels between people, especially between any two Muslims. And this is also a sign of his wilaya, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. who he knows who has what rank. But this is a sign of of wilaya that that a man would do something like this. That he would expend his own nafs, his own honor in order to patch up the differences between people. Lawful earnings. Molana received a stipend of 15 dinars a month out of the proceeds of charitable trusts. Charitable trusts. Since he did not like to accept a uh, remuneration without doing some work in lieu thereof, he had taken upon himself to give fatwa on religious and legal matters referred to him by people. This is also a very interesting uh, uh, matter of note that people should see which is in the old days the uqaf were, that were established for the supporting of the ulama they didn't give the ulama jobs rather they fixed for them a stipend they said here whoever is a faqih there's like a special test that has to be taken or a special uh, shahada that has to be given by certain people whoever passes this uh, benchmark then the waqf will fix for them a stipend as long as the waqf has money to give stipends and then those people who are you know who receive a stipend from the Waqf of the fuqaha or of the ulama or mutakallimun or muhaddithun or, or, or whatever or the sufiya or whoever it is. They weren't, they didn't have a job in the sense that somebody would like stand over their head and say, okay, today you have to do this, tomorrow you have to do that, the other thing, the other thing. No, rather they gave, they, they gave them the stipends because of those people's ability and they let them do whatever it is that they thought was best, which is very different than nowadays where people give to the masjid for the sake of Allah after hearing all the fundraising uh, uh, quotes of ayat and hadith of the benefits of giving, but the money gets into the hands of people who don't know what they're doing, uh, or even some people who do know what they're doing, but they're still human beings, and they use it in weird ways in order to, I guess, push their own political agendas. Uh, in that sense, even the jobs in the uqaf in the modern Muslim states that have a wizaratul uqaf, like a ministry of endowments, which is a complete bid'ah, endowments don't require ministry, they function on their own. Um, and uh, it's just a, a cheap way of, in many cases, it's just a cheap way of trying to cover up the fact that the uh, government has usurped the charitable endowments that were meant for the service of deen and try to use them for political means. So it's here it says that he received the stipend, but he wanted to make sure that he did something in order to receive it, meaning that he wasn't required to, rather the, the, the nature of the endowment was what, was that he would have received the money anyway. 
So he would give fatwa. People would have questions, fit questions, and things like that. He'd give fatwa. Uh, if anyone wants to receive uh, this service, you can follow me on my group on Telegram. It's somewhere or another in my social media accounts. You should be able to find that Telegram link. Uh, um, but yeah, people used to do these things. They used to have people would support people to do these things. Because what happens if you don't have competent people doing these things? And people will go and ask the masjid, the imam, you know, their fatawa. And the masjid imam may be a fabulous reciter, but he doesn't know, his, uh, you know, a thing about fiqh. And uh, when you get a bad answer uh, to a fiqh question, it can actually lead a person to screw up their entire life. It can lead their life on a bad trajectory. And we've had to deal with and help out people who that's happened to in the past. It's not a good thing. But back to Molana, he said that uh, he had taken upon himself to give juristic opinion on religious and legal matters referred to him by the people. He was so particular about it that he had instructed his disciples to let him know of the questions referred to him as soon as they were received. Once someone remarked that Sheikh Sadruddin had a stipend of a thousand dinars fixed for him while he only received 15 dinars. Rumi at once corrected him by saying Sheikh needed even more money. And it would have been better that uh, even the 15 dinars that were fixed for him should also be given to the sheikh. And this is his, uh, uh, his, his what? His, his humility. Man lillahi The one who is uh, humble for the sake of Allah, Allah raises them. And don't be a hater. If you, you know, especially if, I don't know, sometimes every now and again a Mulvi listens to this band. Don't be a hater. If another Mulvi, if another Hafiz, if another Sufi receives a maqam higher than you, even if you feel like you did more work or that you're more deserved, don't be a hater, inshallah. Allah is the one who gave them. He can give you as well. Be happy for your brother when something good happens to him. And uh, be happy for him. And uh, if you are, you'll receive whatever good he's doing, uh, a portion of it. And if you're a hater, then you, uh, you know, you just end up giving him the, the little that you had in the first place. There's really no benefit in it. Make dua for each other. Don't rip each other apart. The dislike of worldliness. Mulana hated uh, the rounds of visits frequently paid by him by kings, princes, and nobles. He never liked them to call upon him and sometimes even expressed his distaste for the uh, face of visiting personages. Once a certain grandee who paid him a courtesy call said, excuse me, sir, I couldn't pay my respects more frequently owing to other preoccupations. Uh, Molana replied, you need not be sorry for it. I'm more grateful uh, uh, to those who do not call upon me. Uh, <clears throat> and it's a sign of what the people who love Allah Ta'ala, they don't like getting mixed up in the people of the dunya. Obviously, it's a necessity for a time to time for the ulama to mix with the people of authority in order to guide them uh, correctly. But uh, if an alim is not 100% sure that mixing with the powerful and elite is going to guide them, if it's a toss-up, he might guide them or they may misguide him, then uh, he is excused from, from, from meeting them. And in some cases, it's not permissible for him to do so. And sadly, in every era, we see people of great learning and knowledge and even perhaps piety mix with the, uh, with the ruling political class in order to affect some good. And because of their simplicity or their uh, dim wits uh, when it comes to matters of politics uh, or, or stratagem, uh, they just end up getting played. And may Allah Ta'ala protect us from being those people. If you feel like that's a possibility, just clock out. This world is uh, finite and uh, it would be a shame for somebody to sell that precious gift Allah gave in terms of this nur and this ilm. Uh, for uh, the jackals and hyenas uh, of mankind, in order for them to, uh, uh, in order for them to scurry about and gather a little bit more dunya before it, they die, and it gets tied up around their neck, and uh, 
uh, sinks them into the hellfire. And it would be even more of a shame if someone of, of deen and ilm were to be taken down with them. Allah Ta'ala give us all tawfiq to get the good of this life and to be protected from its evil and to follow the ways of love and follow the ways of the awliya of Allah Ta'ala and follow the ways of the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his Mubarak companions radiallahu anhum in this world and the hereafter. Wa Sallallahu Ta'ala ala Rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.